play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. With me is I can't get out of Chicago quick enough, Adam. You good, Adam? <laughs> I need to get out. <laughs> you need to get out. I know, man. Oh, that ain't that bad, man. I'm doing good, man. <laughs> also joining us, of course, is I'm still trying to find a way to make Duke Johnson relevant. Josh, what's up, Josh? Uh, Duke Johnson will always be relevant. Never going to be relevant. Um, it feels like it's been a long time since all three of us have linked up for an episode. I, I don't know the actual dates, though. It could be like three days, but it just feels really long. Um, however, we've decided that we weren't going to do this episode alone, not just a trio. We've brought along a guest to make things even more interesting. We'd like to welcome to the show, to the Clock Dodgers podcast, actually for the first time ever, a guest who not only brings his extensive fancy football acumen, but he's also... I've I, I seen some stuff here. A Sonic the Hedgehog player. What's up, Justin Edwards? All right, I'm doing fantastic. I, that's, a, that's a deep pool. Good, good I, find there. Yeah, I had to do a little, you know, <laughs> I had to do a little research. Found something interesting, you know, something a little different. What's up with that, man? Just a big Sonic fan? Yeah, I mean, I, I had some time uh, last spring, and I wanted to do something I'd never done before. So I started speed running uh, Sonic the Hedgehog as a 30-something-year-old man. <laughs> And uh, I, I ended up being like a top 15 speed runner in the world. And Wait, uh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> o- only Sonic, though. That's the only game I ever did. I just pounded away oh at it because I, I wanted to. And now I haven't, so, played the, I haven't played the game in like a year and a half. I've seen some other speed runs for different games, like for Mario Kart and things. Is Sonic just full of like hacks and glitches for the speed runs as well? Or is it clean or... Yeah, there, there's both. There's like glitch, okay. run, glitch runs and uh, glitchless. I was I was a glitchless. I wanted to stay. Okay, true. you were. I wanted pure. to stay true to my six year old self. <laughs> nice. Just kept it pure. He kept it real pure. Yeah, those <laughs> videos are still out there. You guys can find them. So ch- check out Justin Sonic. Uh, Sonic runs. Um, before we get into anything intense, you know the diff- super difficult stuff, the data and film driven discussions, we like to slow burn this a little bit, Justin. So. We're not going to rush right out there. We're going to marinate it a little bit. I know you know about marinating. So um, we're, we're going to jump into like the little warm up. It's just easy questions, kind of get to know you a little bit. And this way we get to, you know, get comfortable with this whole thing. Um, right on. So us, you know, here we know, you know, so we know some of the work that you're doing in fantasy, but there's listeners who we have no clue what they know about you. Um, so I figure I always like to give the guests, especially first time guests, a chance to kind of, you know, paint their picture a little bit. But, you know, they, they need to know, A, you do work at PFF and 4 for 4. But more importantly is, you know, I'm going I'm to give them the easy fact. That's a softball for them. But now you need to let us know what's the difference between the work that you do at both of those sites so people know what they're looking for at them when they go for you. Oh, absolutely. So 4 for 4, uh, I, I do a lot of player profiles and stuff over there. But really, I guess if I'm, if I'm known, if I'm known for anything, it's probably my work with offensive line. Um, and I've, I've been plugging away the last couple of years trying to quantify exactly what offensive lines do for fantasy football and why they're relevant and exactly how relevant and then over at pff i actually don't do any writing i do uh, play charting over there i'm involved in uh four or five different processes where i'll watch the game live and 
uh, we do a, a number of things over there um, just to, to, to come up with our grades. And then that, those are the grades we sell to college and NFL teams. Gotcha. So I'm part, of, I'm part of a few different processes over there. Gotcha. I've never worked at either one, but I've heard like very varying <laughs> opinions of each. So it's interesting that those are the two places you work at. Um, nothing negative. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm kind of curious. You said that you mentioned the O-line thing. Um, it's not really a popular spot for people to focus, right? Like to make it their focus and fantasy is not the glitz and the glam of everything which you want to talk about. So like what made you get into that? Was it just something that you've seen like, Hey, this is a, like a wide open hole to like fill basically. And that's no play intended on O-line, but like, is there just like a hole you've seen there or was it like someone pushed you in that direction or was it just something you're always a fan of? Like what got you to go there? Cause I think that's interesting. That's definitely a huge part of it. Like, um, you know, you'll hear from people all the time, like find your niche and, and do what you can to carve yourself out a little, you know, as you said, a hole in the, the community. So that's definitely part of it. And also, um, it's just something I could pick like a few years ago. I just didn't, I just didn't understand, like, are these just big dudes that get in the way? Like, of course, like I, I played football, but not like, uh, not since like middle school. Right. I, I know what offensive linemen do, but it's difficult to know, or at least it was difficult for me to understand, like, what's the difference between a good offensive lineman and a bad offensive lineman? What's the difference between uh, Joe Staley and uh, Cam Irvin? What what are they doing differently? So I I wanted to dig into that and just kind of teach myself, just read about it and just start at square one and see what I could make out of it. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. It's, 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 it must be cool to like, because I mean, like I said, it's not a popular, I mean, people would talk about offensive lines just generally speaking, but like right. to really get in there and discuss them, like it must be cool to kind of be in a space that like isn't crowded. And so like, you know, I guess I don't want to say the competition, but just like the overall like knowledge and information and everything that you're seeing is not like being crowded in that space. So it's kind of cool to be working in that, I think. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It, there's a little bit of wiggle room where I can yeah. kind of try to do what I what I what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Josh or Adam, did either one of you have any other uh, warm up questions? I have one more, but did you guys have anything you want to know about jo Justin specifically or about his work or anything before we just get into just general football and stuff? Yeah, I guess the only thing I've always been curious about and maybe you've written about this is for you, does the offensive line factor in <clears throat> like more to pass play first run or do you feel like it's equal? Um, as far as like from a fantasy perspective, do you feel like the offensive line is a larger factor in one versus the other? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, too. I, in my limited knowledge of uh, scheming an entire playbook, I feel like you can scheme a running, a running game with a bad offensive line. But I don't think you can scheme away a poor pass protecting offensive line from getting your quarterback murdered. It just doesn't. And maybe, maybe I, I'm wrong, but it seems like the better your offensive line is at pass protecting, the, the more efficient that team can run. While if they're kind of poor at run blocking, you can kind of scheme that away and you can give a defense different looks to get your guy out to the edge or out in the open field. Interesting. Nice. All right. Josh, anything? No, that was a good he, question. He's such a data guy. I got no personal questions. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Um, the, the last warm up question that I do want to throw out there because I feel like this is my this is my big judge of character question. This is my uh, where uh -oh. I gauge who you are. And, and all I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you the floor. I just want to know your thoughts on Austin Eckler. Oh, Austin Eckler. Yep. Yeah. You mean you mean this like uh, this overall running back one in 2020? Okay, I'm liking you more. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. I love Austin Eckler. Uh, we'll see um, if he's actually going to get extra rushes with Gordon gone. I don't know if he's going to get extra usage, but I think if he just does the same thing he did last year with Brissett or you know whoever's throwing the ball this year, I think he'll be a perfectly fine contributor just like he was last year. Okay, so nothing negative. That's good. That's what I like to hear, man. Nothing negative. Making sure. Making sure. Some people try to try to find something, you know? That's, uh, <laughs> that says something about you. All right, so, all right, let, let's do this. It's time to wipe away the insecurities that our listeners have of certain players or situations, or maybe we'll just confirm their insecurities and make sense of it all. But um, I decided also in this, this is, we're, we're going to do trust issues, which I'm going to throw out statements at everyone here. And, um, you know, we're going to kind of go over situations. Josh, Adam have contributed here a lot. Um, and just basically, we're going to see whether we trust the situation that we're discussing or if we have trust issues with it. Um, and we'll, we'll let um, Justin answer first. I don't know if Josh or Adam want to take control of it first here. Um, I have one that's non-fancy related at the end, too. Um, but anyone wants to jump in and start, or I'll just go. No, I'll just go All ahead. All right, man. cool. All right, the first trust issue we have here is running behind a solid O-line. Jonathan Taylor is a lock as a top 12 running back. What do you think, Justin? Trust or trust issues? Ooh, I have trust issues, but I love I love JT money. So what's the I trust think, issue then? Well, I just think – so I, I did a study not too long ago about um, how to incorporate rookies into like specifically best ball leagues, but it's an overarching how do you, how do you use rookies and redraft in general. Um, and I discovered that over the last three years – 40% of a rookie running back's fantasy total. I'm not, I'm sorry, not 40%. 40% more of the fantasy total comes in the second half than the first half. So, and this is definitely a situation where even though I love this offensive line, I think he's going to have to elbow Mac out of the way and he's going to have to elbow Hines out of the way. And I think he does it, but I don't think he does it before week maybe six. See, so he's going to have a little. He's going to have some issues. See, I liked you on the Austin Eckler take, and now you're pushing my boy Mac out the way. And so we're, we're going to cause some difficulty here, but you're not alone. So you guys will shove me out of the room, of course. Um, so, no, no, I, I I definitely understand that. Josh, do you agree with that? Or are you from day yeah. one, JT? No, I think I think that Jonathan Taylor probably finishes or somewhere around RB15. And, and I think that that's pretty valid to say that he could have a much better second half than a first half, kind of like a David Johnson rookie year. But being being top 12 on on a partial year of, you know, getting the workload is tough to do. It is. Yeah. And, and Adam, do you think this whole Corona situation, anything, do you, do, do, do you in your personal situation with, with JT – do you feel like that is going to play into this as well, or do you not give that any credence when you're thinking about this kind of stuff? No, I think it's all the credence in the world. Okay. In fact, that that's the thing that gives me the most reservation against any team like this right now. I mean, the Colts are one of these transitional teams. You know, they've got a giant change at quarterback. Uh, you know, the ideal is that they've got a star rookie running back coming in there, but these, you know, these are players that are coming to a brand new offense, and we have no idea how long they're going to be able to pair going into the season i think that kind of gives you trepidation that being said initially when i read this and i looked at top 12 from last year and i saw that that was like chris carson i was like yeah that's possible like that's totally in the range of outcomes when you look at an entire season and i think that justin kind of really hit the nail on the head with a player like jt you just kind of have to wait it out because i think that he's going to be one of those second half players 
that hits for people, but at the beginning of the year, it just seems like, you know, he's in a timeshare and he's not going to get enough work and, and might be a guy that you can even trade for. But I think most people who draft him are going to be pretty, you know, holding on tight. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like any of us are totally gung ho. Like a lot of people are about, you know, Jonathan Taylor, but we all acknowledge how good he is in the offense, how good he's going to be. It may just take a little bit longer than week one. Um, all right, the next one. In 2019, Baker Mayfield threw the same number of under-pressure attempts per game as Mahomes and Dak. Do you trust Baker's ability and blame the O-line? Justin, trust or trust issues on this O-line? Do you blame it on Dak or the O-line? It's not really a trust issues the way it's been worded there, but uh, do you have trust issues basically with Baker's ability to you know to throw under pressure, or do you think you know you have trust issues because it's not just the O-line issues, it's him? I th- I'm going to go with trust, but it just depends on what trust we're looking at here. This might be the same kind of conversation in terms of um, a fantasy finish as as JT in the last the last segment. Is if you're expecting Mayfield to be a top eight quarterback, you might have some trust issues. But if you if you think he's going to go out there and be a consistent like QB two in a super flex league, I think that's super trustworthy. I think that like a Kirk Cousins type of uh, player is like his floor. And they just added two, two uh, offensive tackles, being Jack Coughlin and um, oh Tristan Wirfs, right? No, mm-hmm. Dredrick Wills. Mm-hmm. That's who they added. And they, they had terrible, terrible tackles last year and a super strong interior. So I think they're going to be a top-half offensive line this year. And without Mayfield being skittish in the pocket, because he's, he's not running for any sort of yardage that we care about, I think if we think of him as a – super solid QB two or a borderline QB one. I, I trust that. All right. Adam, you, you in agreement there or are you, are you different on Baker? Yeah, that's probably the exact range that I have him in kind of a high QB two. I, I mean, as far as if you have trust or trust issues with him versus his offensive line being responsible for, you know, his poor performance last year, if you will, I honestly like when I looked at it, I, I, personally, I looked at it and I thought it was an offensive line problem. I mean, if you just look at it from a hurries perspective, he was fourth in the league in hurries with 65. Overall, he was eighth, I'm sorry, seventh in sacks with 40. So to me, like they don't directly correlate as far as, you know, he had more hurries than the needed sacks as far as like a, a NFL average. So, I don't know. Personally, I didn't watch enough Baker to feel confident saying it's 100% on the O-line. But those numbers make me feel like I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think Justin kind of set the expectation for what it should be. Like, high QB2 is probably the expectation. And I'll be surprised if he kind of, you know, goes beyond that. Yeah, because if the O-line is improved, like Justin mentioned, he obviously has great weapons. He all, they also just added weapons as well just for his you know, his, his arsenal there. Um, Josh, do you do you trust Baker this year? Like, let, let's say, let's go with what Adam and, and Justin are saying here as far as, you know, high running back, I mean, high quarterback too. Do you trust that or do you trust issues with our outspoken quarterback here? I think that – I think – I think he has a higher ceiling than that. Like when they put okay. all of this together last year, to me, it, it felt like these are some really good pieces, but it would not surprise me if it took a year to develop some chemistry. 
Like, like the Miami Heat, when they got Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, they were not good right out of the box, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that some of the problems they had last year are on Baker, but at the same time, they're to be expected when you throw together all these new pieces. Yeah. And so I this year they could figure things out. Also, the coaching was a lot less than ideal. Yeah. There was a lot going on. So, it, I mean, from, from everyone's stake here, I mean, we, we basically are finding a lot of excuses for Baker and a lot of reasons to believe in Baker because we just basically talked about everything that could possibly be improved around him, his weapons, his O-line, his coaching, time. Like, I mean, it seems like everything points towards Baker, you know, being okay. You know what I mean? It seems like he'll be all right as a quarterback too. Um, so just from everyone here, it sounds like we all trust him pretty decently uh, to, 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 to be quarterback two, high quarterback two. Um, the next one, uh, Steelers running back James Conner will exceed his current ADP. Justin, I know you have uh, some thoughts on this. Oh, I have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he's 100% beating this ADP. Like, I, I have no doubt about it. He's easily beating his, what is it, like, four, middle of the fourth? Or I thought I had it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like the fifth. It's close to the fifth round now. It's yeah, just, RB21. Yes, it's too much. It's it's ridiculous. I like I know he has an injury history, but he's a running back in the NFL and he's been here for more than a year and a half. He's going to have some sort of injury history. Um, I lo- I looked into him not that long ago. His two year sixteen game pace, and of course he hasn't played thirty two games, but his sixteen game pace would be fifteen hundred total yards and fourteen touchdowns. That's a that's an amazing year. That's like an RB six finish. So I mean, of course he could get injured, but. He's going around guys like Carryon Johnson and like Devin Singletary and David Johnson. Like I would so so rather have Connor and just bet bet on him having a, a healthy season. And if he gets injured, then it is what it is. It's a fourth or fifth round pick. Those aren't guarantees. That's yeah. why they're so late. Yeah, I, I do wonder how much has to do with injuries. I know when we had uh, Doctor Edwin Pross on the show from Fantasy Points, um, he he didn't seem that happy. With James Conner's injury history, like he didn't feel he not okay. happy, he didn't seem confident. I guess I should say, right. um, you know, and he's obviously you know doctor in physical therapy, and he is kind of looking at all these different things. Um, so he's he seemed kind of like you know skittish on him, like as far as the concerns. So I don't know if I'm curious, like with the people that are letting him fall to that rounds, is it strictly an injury thing, or are we talking about just a purely people that just don't believe in him? Um, Josh, what do you think? Do you think it's all injury or do you think it's a little mixture of both like what do you think is happening here with this adp i just i think that people don't trust james connor to dominate that backfield in yeah. terms of like the, the workload like i don't know if i can really like i think i want levy on bell over james connor maybe on bell over him so you so, so you're so you're even saying it's not even just an injury thing you just don't even think he's gonna get the workload to to garner like Jalen Samuels is there. They they drafted what was it? McFarland, Benny Snell is Benny still Snell, there. Yeah, I I just don't feel like anybody has stood out enough for me to think that they're going to be the workhorse there. Yeah, it's possible. And Adam, like you know, Josh is saying the workhorse, you know, issue. We're talking about you know, Justin was just mentioning the injury thing. Maybe a sticking point for some people with with those concerns and all these other guys there. I mean, do you think the ADP is fair? Uh, no, I'm I'm with Justin. This is like this is steel alert to me. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who last year, while being injured, was still the RB seventeen in points per game, just a year removed from being RB seven in points per game. 
and you guys are worried about a running back in the backfield with him who last year James Conner missed six games and Jalen Samuels got 60 carries <laughs> not in the six games in the entire season in all 16 he's not a running back he's a guy who they're going to use as a scat back occasionally he's going to be used to take away some of the passing elements and that definitely limits James Conner's ceiling but when he's being drafted as like a you know low end RB two, I, I think that any time that he's healthy, he's going to play above that. And for me, when I'm looking at running backs, I'm not thinking about oh where's this guy going to finish at the end of the year. I'm thinking in games that he plays, is he going to give me a top ten performance? Because that's what's going to win me fantasy weeks. And James Conner is in the type of offense that he could get that level of usage. And for me. He has that pass game pedigree that allows me to feel like when I put him in the starting lineup, he has that ability each week to have a huge week that can win me a week. And I think that for fantasy, we need to be focusing way more on that than these guys that can just kind of fill in here and there. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but just like stacking the Steelers offense for the chance that they return to what they were the three years prior, if Roethlisberger actually stays healthy for a whole season, like, a Connor Juju like Ebron stack or something just seems everyone's so cheap in that offense. Right. Justin, I'm here for any level of Juju rebound that is possible. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's a whole nother I mean it's story. The, it's it's no guarantee, but they're they're all so cheap that like I don't know, why not? Yeah, see I was out on Juju last year. And now, like the prices get to a point where, like, maybe I should come back in, you know. So, yeah, this is a, this is a really interesting offense. Not just James Conner, but just every piece of it um, is interesting, especially in a redraft too. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. So it sounds like we're all kind of, you know, a little muddy on this one. Um, all right, the last one that I have here, uh, which is not fantasy related, I, w- I wanted to kind of throw trust issues. In the past, it's been all football, all fantasy football, all that good stuff. But I want to kind of start throwing some non-fantasy trust issues in here. Um, so the one that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with this week is seatbelts on fair rides. We're talking about the fair that's in town for a couple of days and then bounces. <laughs> There's no accountability for these guys. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the seatbelt on the Gravitron or the pirate ship that goes up and down. Uh, do you guys have trust issues with these things or do you trust them? I'm, I'm really curious. Justin, let us know. Oh, super trust issues. Like I, I am. There's like, there are like three things that I'm afraid of in the world. It's like spiders, heights, and abandonment. So like, flying off of a, flying off of one of those spider rides is like all three of those at the same time. So no, I don't want to get on any fair rides at all. Wait, 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 wait. All right, interjection. Pause the podcast. Wait a second, Justin. You live in the capital. Roller coaster capital of the world, the greatest roller coaster theme park. Cedar Point is w- within driving distance of you always. Yeah. yeah, it's in Sandusky. And you don't go? I go like once every oh, okay. six, right. six, seven years. <laughs> what? And, yeah, and, that's and it. he goes like, to oh, look man, at them. you make me so sad on the inside. He I'm, go- also e- I'm also equidistant to uh, Kings Island down in like Cincinnati, too. I don't go there either. He, go- oh, he goes to visit so the park. Sad. He goes there to visit and look at stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like Spiders, Heights, and Abandonment should probably be the title of the episode. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot. I think that's a winner. Yeah. That's probably Justin's dating profile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you see why these non-trust issues, they're, they're money. They're money. 
All right. right, right. All right. So trust issues was good. I hope we helped some people calm their nerves. We probably set off some other people's blood pressure. But overall, trust issues was a success. Let's move over to rank them where we're going to throw out players, situations, whatever it may be. And we're going to rank them. We'll let Justin start again because he is our guest. Um, the first one we have here are uh, teams that had a running back average over uh, – Running back, excuse me, running back that averaged over five yards per carry. Rank them from most to least likely to have another running back accomplish that feat in 2020. We have the Washington football team, which we did, right? We I see how you wrote that. Um, the Vikings and the Ravens. Rank them from most to least likely to repeat that, basically, in 2020. A running back over five yards per carry. Okay, so m- most likely first. Yes, Gotcha. Uh, I'll definitely take. I'll do Ravens, Vikings, Washington. Interesting. Any any particular uh, thing that stands out and why? I mean, it. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me, mm-hmm. which I wish I did. It's you right. know, you sent me, you sent me a show sheet. I should have numbers. <laughs> that's, it's okay. But, that's how, that's how we <laughs> Most people don't even get show sheets. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, it's, <laughs> so we. It's it's well stated that a running quarterback is going to help their running backs, especially when they're running this freaking option offense that we haven't seen in the NFL in decades. So the odds that, I mean, anyone in that backfield, hopefully Ingram, because I still have a lot of shares that I haven't been able to sell in dynasty. So hopefully Ingram hits five yards per carry (laughs) again. Um, Assuming Dalvin cook doesn't hold out, which is kind of a looking like a little pain in the butt. So we'll see if that happens or not. Dalvin cook would just be second because he's probably the best running back on any of these teams. Right. And then Washington, who knows what the offense is going to look like? Yeah, for sure. Does anyone um, have a very different opinion here than Justin's? Adrian Peterson is clearly still the best running back in the NFL. <laughs> is it true, true. He's forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I would go Ravens first, but then I think Darius Geis, if he stays healthy, could be pretty fantastic. Oh, and are people still talking about Darius Geis? Is that still a thing? Yeah, dude. He's still so right. I mean, I, I think Adrian Peterson's more a thing, personally. Wow. Yeah, okay. Wow. Right. I love fine. Adrian Peterson, but I think Darius Geis will be good if he can ever keep all of his body parts together. Yeah, Does he have any ACLs left? <laughs> <laughs> How many do you get? <laughs> <laughs> you start with two, and then I'm sure you can transplant like a few more, but he, I think he's he's out of ACLs. <laughs> He had all of his ACLs already. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll just really quickly echo Justin's rankings of this. And I think it's personally, I think it's the Ravens by a ton, especially with the whole Dalvin cook may, may not hold out nonsense that's going on right now. So um, yeah, I think with the Ravens, just the way that they're running that offense and the factor that Lamar Jackson brings to that offense, just makes anyone running there have a huge advantage, especially from like a yards per carry standpoint. Cause really the only concern with, to me, a Baltimore running back is going to be volume. And this isn't about volume. This is just about efficiency. And I think that they're going to be the most efficient rushing offense in the league again. Yeah. And, and, and Justin also mentioned Dalvin cook. And because you did that, I mean, we have, to, I do have to ask, is anyone here legitimately concerned about him? Like not playing like a Melvin Gordon situation type of meltdown. I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little worried he might miss some time. 
I am actually a lot worried. I'm a lot worried about a lot of players who are thinking about potentially sitting out this year because of all the other factors going into it. I think that you're seeing it right now in MMA. It's becoming a big talking point. A lot of fighters wanting to quote unquote hold out for more money. Uh, and I think you're going to see it in other sports as well. And uh, yeah, I think it's just people are going to be weighing the risk more than ever. And if there was ever a year to sit out, this would be it. Yeah, um, especially with the potential of like a sorting season or something. So yeah, I, I'm very trepidatious. I haven't been doing a lot of drafts uh, this off season so far, but if I was, I definitely would be, you know, looking to acquire them at a discount in like big contests, but probably not looking to target them very often. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know the NFL season's still a little bit away, but like if there is any players that pull that move, sim- literally because of like Corona and everything. I know the NBA is talking about returning right now, and there's players who are like, ah, it's not worth it, like to go down to Orlando and start this thing up right now in this like shortened, weird playoff system and everything. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, things don't seem to really be getting any less bad, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, all right, the next ranking we have here is Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Matt Ryan were some of the most pressured quarterbacks in 2019. So whose 2020 season is least likely spent on the turf? Um, so r- rank them least to most likely. Uh, again, Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Matt Ryan. I don't know if anyone in particular wants to start off or if we'll let Justin go as a guest here. Anybody super anxious? Josh? Boy. <laughs> 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 Matt Ryan Matt Ryan has had a rough couple of years. Uh, so I I don't Justin, is there any reason to think that that's gonna get better for him? So I I have it I've got Matt Ryan in the middle here, and the only reason I've done that is because I'm trying to hedge hedge my bets. Uh, I had so they got their two first round picks last year. They spent them both on the offensive line, one guard, one tackle. I was super stoked. I had the Falcons offensive line ranked as like the 11th best group or something. And then the season happened and I was like, Oh, that was pretty dumb. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, There were some injuries going on and it, another thing I'm trying to quantify is how difficult it is for teams to like gel and have that cohesiveness and continuity, which is a very difficult thing to do because that's not really something you can throw into a data sheet. I have, I'm once again, kind of on, the Falcons offensive line to be a little better. And now with that recent knowledge of how they kind of fell on their face, I'm a little worried for the jets because they moved around so many pieces and they only have like two, I think two starters from last year. So again, with what we're going through, I think it might be a little bit of a problem to have most of your offensive line having never played together. So I'm a little worried for Darnold, I guess. Yeah, that definitely is going to be a, a common theme across all the all these players, right. every position, every team. Um, it's just one of those things. I, and I know I've seen teams like working out on the side, like on their own and stuff, like players getting together, 20, 30 guys and stuff. I, I don't know how much that matters or helps really, um, but it's hard to ignore, you know, this concern of especially offensive line. Like that seems yeah. even worse when you think about it. <laughs> I, I know. I know it's kind of a cop out, but like, man, this so unprecedented. It's so hard to. Uh, figure out how much it's going to affect everyone. Yeah. So which one did you put worse than Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? You said Darnold. Uh, Darn- okay. Darnold. I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of uh, high on the Giants' passing game this year as well. Nice. All right. Not bad. Adam, you have any feelings on this one? No, pretty much in lockstep with what Justin yeah. was saying. I mean, my only real concerns would be about yeah, offensive lines being able to gel in the off season with so many moving parts and. 
in New York like that. And then obviously Atlanta has had just an atrocious offensive line for years now. Um, I wasn't really aware of the offensive line moves that they made or how, how that would impact them moving forward. So initially I just kind of had them at the bottom of this, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately just would be echoing anything Justin said at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, with this being a theme of the show, as far as the, you know, the Corona and, and maybe less time to, to gel with each other, I, I, I'm kind of curious what an NFL player, how he would answer that. Like, would an NFL player actually be honest and say it's affecting us in a major way? Or would they say, you know what, it's overblown, it's not that big of a deal? Like, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I don't think I've read anything from an NFL player answering that. Has, have you guys seen that around at all? Or I haven't either. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. The NFL is really good at controlling their players. Yeah, <laughs> they do pretty good. It's kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. Um, the last one we have here is David Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell, and Sonny Michelle all had over 15 carries per game in 2019 while also having under the dreaded four yards per carry. So whose volume is most likely to be more efficient in 2020? Uh, Justin, do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards David Montgomery. Um, him and him and Bell are probably, you know, neck and neck. I'm not sure Sony Michelle is going to receive anywhere near 15 carries a game this coming season. I think it's just going to go go back to how it's always been, and they have other mouths to feed over there, and he really hasn't shown out. Can we just let Damian Harris like, take the job at this point? Like, come on, man. Yeah, right? Come on. I'm so tired of Sonny Michelle being injured and this and that and what he could be and should be. Just give it to Damian Harris and let's move forward here, please. Come on. Let's let the new offense in New England be Stidham, Damian Harris, Nikhil Harry. Let's move this thing forward. Enough of these injured guys, man. Anyone else, Josh? Defense wins championships. Yeah, exactly, and they have that, right? So, like, all you need is these healthy guys that are, like, halfway decent and on offense, and you'll be fine. Um, Josh, I don't strongly about any of this. What what does everybody think New England's doing this year? Does anybody know? Does anybody have any idea what they're doing? Are they even going to play this year? Are they just going to forfeit each game and just, like, (laughs) like, what is is their plan at this point? Because – to me, like, Sony Michelle seems like a good option. Just you guys be extremely efficient at run the ball, rotate your running backs constantly, and utilize that asset because you don't have literally anything else going for you, it seems. But really, I mean, I don't even know how you can answer the Sony Michelle question. I mean, it's kind of mind-boggling that a guy can get 240 carries and – have 3.7 yards per carry. I mean, it's it's pretty atrocious. <laughs> they had offensive line uh, issues last year, too. I mean, for me, Le'Veon Bell plays on the worst coach team in the NFL, so I cannot be confident there either. So for me, it's like a default to David Montgomery, and I, I've really not even been on David Montgomery. I, I think that the Bears as a whole are just not headed in the right direction. And, I mean, obviously, out of all three of these, Montgomery for me would be at the top. But I, I'm not confident in any. I yeah. don't like any of their prospects going into next year, and they're not going to be drafted on really any of my teams. And that says a lot, too, because you're a Bears fan. So for you to talk so lowly of your Bears. I, I just I don't know what the Bears are doing. Listen, I really don't. Listen, I don't I, know what the Nick Foles move is. I don't understand at all. Maybe, maybe he's better than Mitchell Trubisky, but, like, how much better – I just I, I, right now I just think it's a bunch of guys just trying to keep the job, Adam, and trying to get eight wins. Adam, as a Raider fan, I don't know what we've been doing for the last fifteen years, but I would never speak like <laughs> you. You know that? I would never speak like you. Jamarcus Russell, Darius Hayward Bay, all stars. 
Come on, baby. Andrew Walter, all-star. Whoever we so draft, This is your all-star. year, man. This is your year. So this is my year. Rugs, all-star. That's how it's going to go, man. I don't know this talk, this lame talk that you're doing with your favorite team, man. What is this crap? All right. Yeah, Montgomery's not good. I guess that's what we'll take out of that. No one's good here. We're just mad at everything on the situation. No, you know what? I kind of want Le'Veon Bell out of that group. Like, I think I think Le'Veon Bell is like a mid running back or mid RB two, and I think the rest of those guys are like hanging on to RB yeah, RB three. Isn't that Le'Veon Bell because of his pass catching? Like, do you really think yeah. he's going to be an efficient runner on that no. offense? No, I think that because he's the only guy in that group that gets passing work, he's the only one that has any chance of being efficient. You're just an Adam Gase fan. No, I just think he's (laughs) probably not as important as everybody thinks. Who, Adam Gase? Yeah. Oh, this is ridiculous. No, we're not Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. Oh, he sucks bad. But that's... Like, how much of a drag on that offense? Ask the guys in Miami how much of a drag it is. Ask Devontae Parker, whose career has been shit until Adam Gase (laughs) left, how much Gase was a drag on his career. Listen, we could do a whole episode on Gase. I could Twitter the lists, but there there are lists of (laughs) players that have played with Gase and then without Gase. Kenyon Drake. It's not, it doesn't look good, man. It doesn't look good. It's horrible. Ask Kenyon Drake about it. I'm sure Le'Veon Bell. Ask Le'Veon Bell about it. Ace apologist. I'm just saying, like, he's not the most important thing in the Jets' offense. That's that's all. I'm Listen, when Le'Veon Bell comes on the show, we'll ask him. He'll disagree with you live on the air. Um. All right, that's it for the Rankums. <laughs> Let's move over to listener questions. We got a pretty good amount of these today. Justin's a, must be a popular guy because we got a pretty good amount. Or maybe we're just getting more popular. Or maybe it's a balance of both. Who knows? I'll give, you, I'll give you the credit, Justin. I'll house. give you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you the credit. Um, we're not popular. I'll take it. Um, all right, listener questions. I want to make sure I shout these people out. Make sure we give them proper love. The first one is at Barrel Joffrey, friend of the show, good friend of the show. He says the big um, Scott Fishbowl question, which is: Are sacks a quarterback stat or an O line stat? Justin, I'm gonna make. I'm, I mean, we're putting these on you, man, because these listener questions, I'm putting them on you, because I'm oh, giving you the great. credit for why they're it. coming in. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this, this is a this is a great question. You know, the, the age old question, too. And like I'm kind of, again, going to hedge a little bit. It really works in both extremes. You have quarterbacks that hold on to the ball for a very long time. They end up absorbing sacks regardless of their offensive line. And you have offensive lines that are just completely inept. So it, it's going to go on a, uh, a player by player basis like. Deshaun Watson has been holding on to the ball for his entire career. I don't think he's going to stop anytime soon. And even though their their offensive line has been in the bottom three for most of that time, it's fluctuated a little bit. He doesn't stop holding on to the ball. So mm-hmm. he's going to take he's going to take sacks. He's going to make amazing plays too. But it's just a matter of how much. I mean, what is it like? It's like a one point loss or is it two for a sack? I haven't I haven't scraped the scoring on SFB quite yet. I'm but like sure. Russell. Russell Wilson's another guy who's going to he's going to take sacks every year. He's proven it. What is this year year 7, 8, 9? Yeah. He takes sacks cuz he holds on to the ball. He also makes incredible plays all the freaking time. Because he holds on to the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So some of these players are just going to take sacks. It is what it is. But it depends on how you want to balance that out with these big play opportunities and most of the time the big play opportunities are going to outweigh sacks. All right, so if I was going to drag you off that fence a little bit that you're walking along. Um, okay. <laughs> if you had to pick one heavier, more, like, 
if you had just like the majority or like the higher end of this, do you think it's the quarterback's fault or the O line? Like just majority, it's, not the outliers, just in general. It's it's the O line for O-line. sure. Okay, if it's one or the other, it's absolutely the offensive line, and so that's why everyone should be you know keeping track of my offensive line rankings. Coming <laughs> exactly. Up this is a selling point for Justin. This is why you go give this man the money. Give him the money. All right. Um, the next one is at from at Blake B two one two two one. Make sure I get that right. I want to send you to the wrong Blake. Um, every season, he says he tries to find the next legit tight end. Blake's been listening for a long time too. Um, so he, he's he's been trying to find the next legit tight end. He says this year for him is Jonu Smith. Top five, he says in his opinion. What do we think? And Justin, I'm asking you what you think first. I like Jonu Smith. I think top five is a little extreme. Uh, that that Titans offense, like I'll, I'll absolutely put money on the fact that their efficiency is going to drop this season. I don't mean it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a terrible right. offense, but there's no way Tana, Tannehill was this good his entire career. It just took him almost a decade to figure it out. And maybe he can replicate some of that, but I there's no way Tennessee is going to be this efficient. Um, they've already got mouths to feed. I like John U. Smith, and I've even I've paired him and handcuffed him with Tannehill this year in like best balls late, but I don't know. Like I think I, I think I'd rather have uh, Jarwin. I think I'd rather have Doyle. Um, I think I, I seem to be a lot higher on Ebron than other people. Um, I like Janu, but I I think top five is a, a little extreme. Man, I might pick him over all those guys you just mentioned. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't know. Those guys don't get me excited. And Smith gets me excited, right. like with his playmaking ability and stuff. But I do understand. I do hear you on just the offense in general. Um, I will have to defend Ryan Tannehill as far as we did mention Gase, right? So we can't knock him for all those years. We have to That's count true. Gase as a little bit of that. Um, but Adam, you ha- what do you think about this top five? It, it sounds crazy, right? But do you think I there's mean, any wiggle room here for where Blake's getting this? It's one of those things where, like, two, three years ago, I would have said any tight end can be top five. Because that's literally what it was. But what we saw last year is kind of this emergence of a lot of talented young tight ends. I mean, we already had the Travis Kelsey, the George Kittle, and the Zach Ertz. But now we've got Mark Andrews. Now we've got Darren Waller. Now we've got Austin Hooper. Now we've got Tyler Higbee. Now we've got a lot of these guys emerging to be a lot more talented. So I think it's going to get a little bit tougher to just go into the top five. Johnny was an extremely talented player, but I mean, he's, he's like the Will Fuller of tight ends. I mean, he has like two usable weeks and everybody's like, (laughs) he's amazing. It's guys like you have to have some level of consistency. I don't think that that offense is going to shift enough to give him enough targets to make him this, even a top 12 fantasy asset. Right. I mean, really, you know, he finishes the tight end 20 last year. I think if he stays healthy for all 16 games, like the bottom of the top 12 is maybe in his range of outcomes. But top five to me, I mean, they'd have to completely rework how that offense works. And A.J. Brown would take a giant hit. I mean, just things that a lot of people wouldn't foresee happening. So outside of like an A.J. Brown injury and, and a big shift in targets and then not being able to run as efficiently, like there's so many factors that, just seem like outliers that you'd have to line up for this to make sense yeah and, and through all this i know josh is just an over there like let's just get aj brown into the top five first at his and then we'll talk about getting john johnny smith in there right right josh you're a big aj brown fan you're not, you're not trying to hear this noise right i'm a very reasonable aj brown <laughs> level-headed 
<laughs> all right, all right. Nothing but sober takes. There's nothing but top five in this offense except Derrick Henry, right? I mean, I, you know, I think if you want a top five tight end, like Darren Waller is plenty discounted enough for me. Like he's going top five, but he's going so much behind, uh, like Kels, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews. I f- I like the price on Darren Waller right now. If you want a top five tight end, that's my guy. They don't want to hear you, man. They don't want to hear that Raider love. I know. They, they, think, they think that 100 target tight ends just happen. Like, they, like it just was some kind of, you know, coincidence. And it's not true. <laughs> I mean, it's, to be fair, they literally had no one. Go ahead. Talk to you about Waller. Talk to you about Waller. I, I think Tyler Higgins is probably good. He's probably good. Probably not, but okay. Probably not. No, he's old. Why, why do we think that he can break out at this age? Who? Tyler Higby, I guess. I mean, I, that would be the excuse I would make for him. He's a tight end. Yeah, he's 27 years old. I don't think that that's happening, but maybe. Not that old. That is old. You see what you did, Blake? I, I think they just drafted another tight end too. Oh, did they really do that? Too? I, I think so. Hopkins. Like, I can't think of his name. Bryce Hopkins. Oh, oh, they. Oh, yeah. Ugh, I don't know. They got well, Bryce they're Hopkins. Gonna, they're gonna let Everett or Higby walk. They have to. There's no way. Yeah. I want Everett to do good this year too, man. And if you let uh if you let um you know McVay tell it, they gotta get him more involved. Yeah. If you let him tell it, he's gotta get everybody more involved. So um, Yeah, let's get freaking Daryl Henderson more involved. <laughs> There's a lot to get more involved there, but we'll see how it goes. Blake, you caused all kinds of controversy because of a damn tight end. Um all right. I even hung up on the freaking phone call and lost some of the recording because of this. All right. Um let's move on to the next question from at FF University underscore university to get that right. Um so he says he, he did a little digging. You know how I did the sonic digging? He did the digging on your bio, Justin. He sees that you cook. And so he said, What's the hardest dish you ever cooked and what's your favorite thing to cook? All right. Uh I can't grill f- fish worth of crap like any fish like maybe with a plank so whatever that <laughs> dish is any any fish dish on a grill like i can't do it so we'll that that'll be something i'll, I'll tack better this summer when, when, uh, when you're cooking are you cooking on a grill at where you're at or is that what you're doing mostly or like is it certain no, kind of cooking or usually the household of baking we okay. bake most of our stuff or like pan fry gotcha we'll fire up fire up the grill for real basic stuff like corn and hunks of meat and asparagus and stuff like that gotcha no microwave use like me okay i gotcha i gotcha no the microwave is for (laughs) for heating up for heating up coffee (laughs) (laughs) microwave expert over here but that's all right listen you all specialize in different things what's Um, your favorite thing to microwave i don't know man like whatever's done good you know um i I think coffee's the correct answer coffee i don't drink coffee oatmeal oh oatmeal is a good reheat Listen, when I get down in, in the dirt, sometimes I got to microwave one of them little rice cups up. They're good stuff, man. Maybe a mac okay. and cheese, mac craft macaroni and cheese, triple cheese. Not bad. <laughs> the, you know? cup, the cup of mac. Yeah, when things get dark dark around here, that's what you got to do sometimes. You know? Yeah, that's, that's a total dad statement. <laughs> like, 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 I just got cup of mac and, and cup, cup of, of noodles on me like I'm some college kid still. Listen, it's good <laughs> stuff. Pull, pull it off the belt. It's good stuff, man. The kids appreciate it, and so do I. Adam's refrigerator is probably like 25% full. Uh, <laughs> that percentage is way too high. <laughs> it's just 
condiments and revolution beer. <laughs> you currently have to wear a mask to go in stores, so I've been doing a lot of Uber Eats. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so if we open up your fridge every time, 10 times out of 10, what would be in there, Adam? Uh, oh, like staples? Yeah, always it's always in, in there. Oh, ooh. Um, this is actually an interesting game. Uh, water. <laughs> Eggs, probably. Uh, Jardinera. That's that's always in there. Um, I don't even know what that is. Hot sauce. Jardinera? You don't know what Jardinera is? Mm, no, I don't. Uh, okay, it's uh, like spicy peppers. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's a very Chicago thing. Dude. It's a very Chicago thing. <laughs> Maybe just but a word. Still, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're very popular on Italian beef, but like I put jardinera on fucking anything. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and then I don't know, just like normal condiments outside of that. But those are like the only things that every time if you went in my fridge, you'd find. Now, my freezer is always going to have frozen fruit because I make a smoothie every morning. Uh, and outside of that, though, there's there's probably nothing in there right now currently. <laughs> nice. Actually, no, there's some frozen shrimp in there. I got some emergency Ooh. food. <laughs> so eggs you put the jardinera on the eggs is that a thing or no nah, occasionally okay. but i don't know i I've, I've gotten really good at just making scrambled eggs with salt and pepper like i i think there is an art to just making perfect scrambled eggs that oh, are just like sure. super basic yeah. oh yeah if, if you can get that down yeah uh, I, i'll give my little tutorial it's super easy you get the pan <laughs> as hot as possible all right, you put oil on the pan. That oil has to sizzle. If that oil sizzles, you crack two, three eggs, however many eggs you want to make, scramble them separately. Don't over-scramble them. And then pour as you're scrambling into the pan, immediately fold, continuously fold for about a minute or two, and then you're done. Turn off heat, keep folding them, keep folding them, and they will be nice, fluffy, perfect. Mwah. Justin, is this accurate? This is a this is a good synopsis. I would prefer butter to the oil, but this I'm is with you on that. Good. Yeah, I, I would prefer good. butter to the oil as well, but I'm getting a little fat, Justin, so I'm trying to come back, bud. <laughs> Working on it. Yeah, I'm with Justin. It's not like oil is any better for you, really. Yeah, but <laughs> butter would be the better option. I just normally don't have it handy. It makes your sweat glisten. <laughs> <laughs> so the other half of that question that we just straight off track for Adam's fridge. Uh, is what is your favorite thing to cook then, Justin? Right, right. Uh, honestly, this is kind of a, a bogus answer, but uh, we've been we've been having a super good harvest on our little five by 15, 18 foot garden in the backyard. Anything we pull out of there that we cook is just my my favorite thing possible. Just mostly just stuff we put on other things like poblano crema or like pesto or zug. Uh, just whatever we can put on other things to, to liven up our lives. Yeah. Those sound like a far cry from my cup of macaroni and cheese in the microwave, but they sound delicious. <laughs> I don't know that what they were. Awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't picture them in my mind cause I'm still seeing the mac and cheese, but they sound <laughs> delicious. Do you know how to make chicken tenders? Neil's hungry. Ah, that's, yes. that's my go-to right there, man. Yes. Yeah, some butter, some buttermilk chicken breasts for the, uh, the old weekly, uh, Feel weekly meals. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely do that. Meals on a strict diet of adult nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, listen, this is a thing for me, Justin. You tell me this is a thing for anybody else. I like my meat thin. Okay. I like my meat thin. So even my chicken tenders, I don't want these big, bulky, fat pounds of meat. Up. I like the little thin stuff, man. 
I actually am on board with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like a real thick cut of steak or something. Like it's super, super chewy or something. Granted, okay. we won't even get into steak. We'll be on this for a half an hour. Oh my god, I forgot that Neil is. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, god, backpedal, backpedal. I didn't say steak, Neil. You don't need to brisket. talk about your horrible, horrible steaks. Brisket, brisket, delicious. What's the next question, Neil? Listen, I, listen. I've told this story before. Justin, I've told this story before, but I went to Sweden oh, once. God. I went to Sweden once, right? Okay. And I right. and I and I there was like not much options on the on the dinner on the plate here, but I said I'll take the steak, and I was like, you know, can you do that thing? You know, really, really burnt. Like, cook it really, really good. And they said, sir, we do not kill the cow twice in Sweden. I said, okay, I guess I'll take the blood. And so, yeah, I'm not exactly a steak expert. You're like, uh, do you you have A1? I'll put whatever on there, man. But I just don't like it to be (laughs) pink and bloody and this and that. I feel you. I feel you. I don't know, man. I'm weird for that, I guess. All right. We do not kill it twice here. This this has gone crazy. Um, And we're not even letting Josh talk, and that's great. Um, (laughs) This is this has become a great show. I just had to hang up to get Josh and Adam to stop talking a little bit. All right, let's move on to ah, this name's interesting. I'm not really sure how we're gonna pronounce this one. At Dookie Ho Hogu? I'm not sure. It must Maybe be something. Huh? Is it Dookie Hogue? Dookie Hogue? Dookie Okay. I mean it must mean something to him. And I appreciate the question. Uh it says, Who is the most overlooked running back that has had the biggest O line improvement in twenty twenty? Justin. I just realized I was on mute. It's Dookie Hogue. Oh, Dookie Hogue. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a good good buddy. He's in quite a few leagues. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I, I don't ever want to slaughter people's names, so I try to – Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to ask them, like, hey, how do I say your name? So, like – No, uh, you, you had it. I was, I was saying okay. – I was like, yeah, you totally got it. And then I looked down, like, oh, I'm muted. You don't hear what I'm saying. Thank you. I could have um, used that support, Justin, during – Yeah, sorry, sorry, know. sorry. Sorry. Uh, my – this is a pretty – Pretty homerish take now that we've uh, established that I'm in Ohio, but I am digging Joe Mixon this year. The that Bengals offensive line has nowhere to go but up, and they're they're returning some people, namely uh, Jonah Williams. Uh, from he was last year's first round pick. He lost his entire rookie season. They got a uh, oh man, how do I pronounce his name? Zuafilo, the guard. For, the backup swing guard from the Cowboys who is better than every guard on the Bengals. So I don't know if he's going to play the, the bench or start, but either way, the solidifying the entire left side of the line. I think Joe Mixon's going to have um, like top five usage, like, like Dalvin cook level usage, maybe not CMC level usage, but insane usage. I mean, if Joe Mixon finishes as the RB five, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Nice. I'm kind of curious because I would like to hear the other side. Is anyone not like Joe Mixon this year? Adam, Josh, you guys all on board? If Burrow's good, I think that that offense will be enough improved for yeah. Joe Mixon to get drug along, but I don't really have a lot of belief in Joe Mixon just as a player. Gotcha. In a vacuum. Hmm. Not good, Justin. You hear this guy? I mean, I'm hearing yeah. it. Now you see why I don't, we don't like him talking too much. Um, these are the kind of things, you know, he's not helping me with the names. He's dissing Joe Mixon. If I give him a chance, he'd probably talk about, about Austin Eckler. So, you know, <laughs> not, a, he's not a big Mixon fan, but a lot of people do think the Bur- Burrow thing helps everybody. Right. So that's there. Adam Mixon guy. 
Oh, man. It's, he's uh, – I honestly will say I do not know. I am so out on Mixon right now. Um, I feel like he's one of those players who've just been waiting on to hit, and I don't really know if rookie quarterback is what does that. I mean, I, I have really had prospects for Joe Burrow. But that being said, he's still a rookie quarterback coming into a season that is going to be an unprecedented season, as we've been talking about in regards to offseason training. So for me, any of those type of situations are going to give me trepidation. Like, I'm not going to be targeting those situations in fantasy unless we get a, you know, concrete idea of what training camp's going to look like. So as things stand right now, Unfortunately, the Bengals are just kind of going to be one of those offenses that I shy away from more often than not. And I think that with the running back position just in general, I think it's more dependent on overall offensive efficiency. So for me, I, I think right now for Mixon, I'm out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just don't see it. Justin, it feels like to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, that Josh and Adam are treating Mixon like some burnt scrambled eggs right now. The, yeah, they're they're treating it like an extra well done uh, sirloin. <laughs> Listen, I, think, I, I still have pretty high. Like, I think I want Mixon over Derrick Henry. Okay, well, that's Ooh, pretty that, good. That's so. That's so. <laughs> I literally just wrote a debate article on the side of Mixon, and I'm waiting for the other writer to write the Henry side. Like, that's dead serious. That's a, the exact conversation we we're having. Wow. That's pretty yeah, big. it's like the Bengals couldn't run much colder and the Titans can't run much hotter. Exactly. I yeah. mean, there's a pretty big Precisely. gap between the two still, but I, I just like the profile of Mixon, you know, being involved in the passing game. Gotcha. Uh, big deal to me. Henry was, uh, this is uh, from a, a TJ Hernandez article. Henry became just the second player in the last 10 years to finish as an RB6 or better and half PPR leagues with fewer than 30 targets. So, like, that was such a an outlier season that I just don't see Henry. I know this question isn't about Henry, but I just don't see Henry doing that again. Right. Fantasy trivia, who was the other? Oh, man. Uh, no. Yeah, oh, it. was it? Yeah, was nice. It? Pure touchdowns. What did he well, score, like 15 that year? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> Shout out to TJ Hernandez, too. Yeah, sweet tracksuits. Sweet tracksuits over at four for four. Did they give you those, man? Uh, no, I missed out on the last ridiculous. one. Ridiculous! So this like, is ridiculous. I'm like, the, I'm the black sheep. They're like, you, you do offensive line work. No one cares about that. They really need to come up uh, off of those you're, things. Uh, <laughs> you're literally red. I know. I'll, I'll, they could just brand my chest, and you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> so ridiculous. All right. Um, appreciate Dookie Hogue. I got you, buddy. I got your name right this time. So uh, appreciate the question. The last one we have here uh, is at BFTG Jason. Shout out to Jason, friend of the show. He says, again, we're going with the cooking stuff here. What's your biggest cooking screw up? Now, if you want to keep your uh, reputation in check, you can dumb this down. Some, if you want, it's fine. You know, it's all right. No, 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 no. I'll go, I'll go with uh, some more at home stuff. That's, that's, that, there, that's, that's a good move. That's more fun to talk about anyways. It is. I'll so I got this quick little synopsis. I'll, I'll, I'll speak through it real, real quick. There's this, uh, again, with our garden. We love, love gardening, love cooking the, the crap once it pops up. There's this spicy roasted cherry tomato pasta sauce with like a white wine and balsamic reduction. We make every summer. Sometimes we get a couple batches out when we have enough cherry tomatoes. We go pluck pounds and pounds and pounds of these cherry tomatoes like 
four or five pounds, which is like three or 4,000 cherry tomatoes or Jeez. 40 or it's not really that much. It's like 40. It's too many. It takes a long time. And it's like this big culmination of waiting for the perfect time to harvest. And you try not to pick them so you can get them all at the same time. And uh, long story short, I roasted all these tomatoes for very low for like six hours. And I left them in the oven to cool. And I left the house. Girlfriend got hungry. After I left, she preheats the oven to like 485 oh. degrees. <laughs> to, to like roast these sweet potatoes that she's just gonna eat for dinner. I never told her that the this gargantuan eight pound baking sheet of like poblanos and jalapenos and cherry tomatoes and basil that I cut out of the garden and cilantro was in the oven and she burned it. She didn't oh, burn it. Man. She she preheated the oven. I left food in it and didn't <laughs> tell her. So she didn't she was trying to eat dinner. <laughs> So really, I burnt it with her fingers. So that's that's what way, that, way to take responsibility. Yeah, right, right. that's a man in a relationship right there. Like I know, I know it's my fault. I, I will, I'll explain it away. Just, just in case she's listening, you're like, it wasn't her. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely her though. <laughs> Justin, this one time, I was a I was a delivery driver for like a hardware store, right? So oh. I would take like two by fours and stuff to people, and we had this crappy old delivery truck. And I I go there and I come back and I realize that the like the spare tire is gone, and I show my boss like, look, this it's gone, and he and he says to me, he says, you didn't check the spare tire before you got back in the truck like you know like you didn't check what's in the oven before you <laughs> right i was like have you ever once checked a spare tire before <laughs> your no one does that <laughs> right exactly i don't even think that's part of like the driving exam that they teach you in high school where they're like you gotta go out you gotta check your mirrors you gotta make sure your signals work on both sides like there's no you gotta check and make it's sure your spare, spare tire. tire is still underneath your car where you left it <laughs> I definitely check every time. I definitely open the trunk, open that little, pick up that little carpet that's there, check for the spare tire, make sure it's there, you know? Man, you guys are slacking, man. Ridiculous. Nah, no one does that. All right, cool. All right, so I think that's all the listener questions we got. If I missed one, I deeply apologize, but I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, good questions. Yeah, they were. They were great questions. That's I'm telling you, that's that's that was a good, healthy amount of questions, Justin. You're a big hit, man. Um, let's move on to foul or no foul. This is my favorite part of the show, especially when we have guests on. This is really fun. Um, I'm going to read statements to you. <clears throat> they're statements that I've either found online. I've made them up. Uh, they're on social media. Someone said it on Twitter. I won't say their names. No, it's not, it's, they're, they're from everywhere, wherever these come up. Um, you'll give me a foul if you disagree with the statement and you'll give me no foul if you disagree with it, if it's good. So, that's to keep it simple. Those are the rules. Everyone else knows the rules. If you're listening, you're new. Those are the rules. Play at home. Um, the first one I have here is that Roger Goodell, he said today, as of this recording, that he encourages a team to sign Colin Kaepernick. With that being said, Colin Kaepernick will be on an NFL roster this season. Foul or no foul, Justin? Uh, that's a foul. Man, still no trust in him. No belief, huh? No, uh, it's a, it's, um, you know, it's a little late by like laughably late, like five years too late. Not for, not from Kaepernick's side, like the agreement that he, um, was actually doing something correct. 
we're like five years late on it. So now he's just been written off. And, you know, I mean, honestly, physically, I have no idea where he is. So he's not playing for an NFL team this season. Yeah, I would love for him too. I know a part of me is like, if a team signs him, I feel like they're just trying to save face and it kind of bothers me too. So there's like yeah. that, you know, like I'll be happy for him and for everything. But at the same time, like you're only doing this because of what's transpired though. Like you're not giving him that, a chance that, because of anything else. That's like I, a, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that like, that's a very, like, I'm not racist. I have a black friend move. Right. Like we've like, been on no, this all along. No, it's, a, it's okay. I always wanted to sign Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah. Like why, why didn't you do it when he was physically uh, at his, at his prowess five years ago? Why did you wait until now? Right. What were you gonna say, Adam? There's, there's only one crazy, weird, out there dream situation that I've thought of that, to me, makes the universe make sense, and that's if Washington changes their name and he goes to Washington. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, I mean, you're correcting, you're trying to right all the wrongs. Go ahead, NFL, like finally, actually do something right for once. That would be amazing. Uh, and he could actually start there. <laughs> like he, he at least would be competing for the starting job right they, away. They could be the Washington. Thank you for your land. And they, with <laughs> Colin Cap, with Colin Kaepernick starting. Man. I mean, they could literally be whatever they wanted to name it, but it would be better than what it is currently. And to me, that's like that. That's the perfect match pair situation, even though that would never happen. Yeah. Rather than him say, oh, yeah, you know, I encourage one of some. I wish he would have just came out and said, we're sorry, Colin Kaepernick. You know what I mean, like, I wish he right. would really own that. You know I mean, <sighs> rather than rather than act I like he's encouraging that. it and all this kind of stuff. and He's on his side. Like he, he did kind of say, like, if he doesn't um, go to a pro team, like if he could help us, we'll be welcoming to that, too. But it's like, man, this guy deserves an apology. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like straight up. All this other stuff, you're just trying to save face. But it is what it is, I guess. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts on this really quick before we move on? I think there's just too much, too much time gone by, too much bad blood. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think Colin Kaepernick would ever sit down and sign a deal. Yeah, yeah. At 32, he's still better than probably most backups in the league. Anyway, um, next one we have here: Um, NFL players are now testing positive for Corona. Shout out to Zeke Elliott. Hope you feel better, buddy. Um, Supposedly he's pissed about that being released. I don't know. I guess it got out somehow. Um, But anyway, uh, it's clear now that you know. The, the okay so with players getting corona we don't know all the ones that have got it but right now they're being announced for some reason um with that being said it's clear that there will be some sort of altered season in terms of the amount of games foul or no foul justin um oof. i think no foul i think it i think it's very possible that we're not playing 17 games or or is that this season yeah just for this season yeah yeah so like this is the first year with 17 right or is that next guess. season? But, uh, no, no, that should go into effect this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely with the no foul. Uh, I think it's very possible that we're not playing 17 games. Gotcha. Any, anyone else disagree? Does anyone see this like, nah, man, we're playing every game. Nothing's going to change. Anyone I also there's there's a good chance that we see a lot of these guys like Ezekiel Elliott get corona, corona and then be okay in three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And... Or not. <laughs> like, I think that's the weirdest thing. I think, like, honestly, this isn't a no foul. This is a no fucking idea. I mean, <laughs> really, because the the varying rates at which people have been affected by the coronavirus is so staggering. And, you know, 
everything points to someone who's athletic, by all means, likely healthy, that they should likely be in a best case scenario. We don't know that. We're not doctors. I mean, and honestly, even best estimates for a lot of quote unquote healthy people have turned negative. So I think that it's really impossible to know. And I think that the long lasting effects of this are also something we don't know. So for me, just as like, as someone who's merely approaching it from a fantasy aspect, like, you know, my heart goes out to Zeke and his family, like as he works through this, because obviously it's never easy to go through this disease in this climate right now with how everyone is socially being, having to isolate yourself from family and friends while treating yourself from something that you don't know how badly it's going to impact you. There's so many other factors that are more important than football, but we're here to talk football. So with that being said, like as a fantasy owner, these are the type of things that make me go, I I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is something that affects your lungs. I don't know how he's going to be coming back after that. I mean, you know, there's players who've gotten things like mononucleosis before and not been able to come back because of how debilitating that is. So, you know, I don't think it's just something you write off. I I think that we don't know. I think training camp is going to be huge if we get one and how much of one we get. I mean, there's so much that's up in the air. But I think that for me, for Zeke, I need to know more before I'm going to draft him at ADP. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting, the whole corona thing, just as a storyline, you know, moving forward. Because it will be interesting. Like, when it first happened and the NBA players got it, they were like, all right, we're done. League shut down. Everyone go home. And so... I know we're at a different phase of this whole thing, like in a way, sort of, kind of, like we feel like we know something more than we knew then. Um, you know, it'll be interesting as players start to pop up with this and I don't know how often they'll test them and all this kind of stuff, but it's like, it will be interesting to see, like, it's hard to like not envision this, you know, until this is cleared up in a full capacity, like this not playing out really bad. <laughs> and I don't mean like people dying and stuff. I mean, just like in general, like can it function properly like as a business in front of the world with all this stuff going on? So um, it'll be interesting to see. And I understand what Zeke's saying, like, cause it, se- it did seem like I read somewhere that he wasn't like, like it was like a private thing that he didn't really necessarily want out. And of course that, you know, you gotta give some credit to the fact that like people are now putting pictures of him on the internet at a house party during the lockdown saying, Oh, I wonder if this is when he got it. Like, you know, so things started to get stupid, but um, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be uh, definitely something that, you know, will, it'd be impossible to ignore. Um, going forward uh the next one we have here is uh new rookie miami dolphins quarterback tua is getting healthy quickly man according to doctors according to doctors all reports are saying that he's having a miracle recovery so the miracle continues and tua will end this season as the number one rookie fantasy quarterback foul or no foul justin oh that's a foul (laughs) and and it's it doesn't have anything to do with his uh physical gifts and how he's probably going to score a hell of a lot on the ground. It has more to do with the fact that he's not playing more than 12 games. Yeah. That's true. We'll see if Burrow does. Ooh. 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 We'll see. <laughs> Mr. Mind Reader, Fortune Teller over there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Adam, Josh, any of you guys, is anyone here, like, super excited about Tua? Like, is anyone getting him in their drafts, like, taking, you know, advantage of people maybe concerned about the health? Is is there anyone here that's all in on Tua? I wouldn't say all in, but I, I, I own him in a couple of dynasty leagues, actually, yeah. because where he's been going, I mean, I think he's worth the risk in, in Superflex, definitely. I mean, for me, yeah, I think Justin probably is right in regards to him not playing more than 12 games this year. But coming into this, you know, 
the rookie drafts, I think most people would have said you're lucky if you're getting six games out of them. Mm-hmm. So the, the prospects have probably doubled. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's just yeah. year one. Two is one of those guys who you have to look at from a long-term perspective. And yeah. it's really going to be a big question of how does he rebound from this injury? And how does Miami work? Because Miami's got a lot of moving parts right now, and I like what they're doing. Um, but I, I'm going to be really interested to see if they can put it all together. And uh, I mean, for me, year one's really not the question for Tua, yeah. but year two is right. going to be more of the the big the big test after he you know has a chance to get his legs under him. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as long term prospects go, I, I'm optimistic. Honestly, I'm optimistic about a lot of these highly talented young quarterbacks. I think we're seeing a better transition than ever. And I think that Burrow and, and Tua are both well-suited to transition well into the NFL. Yeah. Well, we'll see. No one here believes in miracles enough that that miracle will happen. But it sounds like we all agree that Tua could have a really good career as long as the miracles continue. Um, the last one we have here is Eagles right guard. Brandon Brooks announced he is out for the season. Now, players, fantasy players should adjust by considering this a major hit to Miles Sanders' value. Foul or no foul, Justin? Right up your alley. I know. Uh, uh, major hit is pushing it. I'll, I'll say uh, – hold on, which one is it? I'll say it's a foul, but, I mean, I do love Miles Sanders, and a lot of that is because they have such a strong offensive line, but now they've lost um, – oh, no. Uh, Jason <laughs> Peters. They've, they've just lost Jason Peters as well. Yeah, they let him walk, right? Yeah. And now if they're going to lose their starting right guard, it stinks. A major hit, maybe it's a little extreme, but it's it's something to think about. Yeah. Josh, are you a Miles Sanders guy, Josh? Like a big Miles Sanders guy? Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. How you feeling right now? <clears throat> how how you feeling it, right now, buddy? I'm okay with it. Like, okay. I don't, He's I don't okay think with it. I think, my, you know, if you want – if you're on Miles Sanders, it's because you like downfield receiving in a running back. And losing an offensive lineman, I, I think Miles Sanders can still do that thing. Right. Right, yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. Adam, any, any feelings on this at all? Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, he has a lead upside because he is this crazy pass catcher. But that being said, I mean, he's being drafted as though he already is performing as one of these elite you know, workhorse running backs, and he he wasn't that last year. So if he keeps going in, like, the first round of drafts, I'm probably not going to have a lot of Miles Sanders. I think he's a great guy to take in the second round if you get, like, a good foundational player in the first. But I think that, like, you're balancing a lot of risk. And for me, in fantasy, like, in the early rounds, I think it's more about dodging these potential landmines. And I don't really know if Miles Sanders is that – potential landmine but i'm weary of him getting a full workload and them not you know spreading around touches a ton yeah i'd say if 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 anyone here is looking for a price discount on uh, miles sanders it's not gonna happen so this isn't gonna change that the hype is real um and there's plenty of josh's out here drafting him in the first round i'm sure and uh brandon brooks won't slow that down right josh I don't have Miles in the first round, on, but I, I do have <laughs> – I'm, I'm optimistic about him. I mean, I've got him in a group with Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones. I'm drafting all those guys yep. late second or early Do you third. draft those guys before him, though, or do you put him before them? 
I would take Austin Eckler over Miles, but I would take Miles over the rest of them. Gotcha. Interesting. You can you could take Sanders in that like if you're like oh maybe like one nine one one nine to one twelve and you take like Devontae or like uh even like Mixon if you like him as much as I do, and then take Sanders at the beginning of the second round and you're like that's a good that's a super good start. Yeah, it, it, I think I've got. I think I did that earlier this season in a dynasty startup. Maybe it might not have been Mixon, but I definitely started something Sanders, and I do like it. Yeah, yeah, he's an exciting guy, no doubt. And but if, but uh, like like you like you're saying though, if he I mean if he ends up being like the ninth overall pick, I love Sanders too. But like that's getting kind of that's getting a little hairy. Yeah, yeah, I definitely ain't buying it there. But there are people doing it, man. Sanders is yeah. definitely one of those guys that are hot right now. Um, we'll see if it, you know, continues and how much Brandon Books effect. Maybe maybe they'll bring Peters back and now uh, try to get this line. I don't know. We'll see what they do. Yeah. That sucks for sure. I know he got hurt at the end of last season. Um, I think it was right before the playoffs, right? I think he hurt his shoulder. Um, and right. This, that sucks, man. But uh, Dill- hey. Dillard's good though as backup. Yeah, Andre. yeah, they like him a lot too. All right, cool. All right, so that's it for Fallon No Foul. We're gonna move on to the closing part of our show here, and to do that, we always do it with show and tell. This is, you know, a little elementary thing you did back in elementary school. Well, we do it here on the podcast. And uh, you can choose any products, podcasts, music, books, philosophies, advice, whatever you feel like sharing with our listeners. Um, Justin, you were prepared for this. Do you have something right now? Or do you want me to go first or anyone else? Or No, yeah. A yeah, lot of times, all... you know, a lot of times people aren't prepared for this. And so we all go first. But I like, oh, letting, yeah, the, I'll, I like, I'll... I like letting the guests go first if we can. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll shoot some out. I'm, I'm just going to. I'm just going to tell everyone to, to read more books. <laughs> that That's my little soapbox for a moment. Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and it's uh, mostly negative and you can really inundate yourself with negativity. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but reading articles and watching videos and just like letting your blood boil isn't always the best way to do it. Sometimes you need to take a break and like, this is the perfect time to like go to the bookshelf or order a book and like, listen to a law, like a 400 page thought, like listen to one person have a whole thought process. And I don't know, maybe that's a little, maybe that's a little silly, but like, no, especially now and like just read some nonfiction. And like, I, I just read a, uh, a book sugar, which is like this harrowing history of the sugar industry. And you kind of get an idea of, um, what the backbone of our country is, which is not exactly positive. I'm like currently reading 1493, which is another not very positive book, <laughs> but like reading, reading things that make you empathize with people that you might not um, typically talk to, or maybe you grew up in different shoes. Like, um, re- like recently I read dreamland, which is about a little town in Ohio and it's about opioid, ec- uh, the opioid epidemic and, and then reading like a Ta-Nehisi Coates book like between the world and me like that's such a life that I didn't live like being able to read that stuff um, really makes you more prepared to see what's going on right now and be able to put into words why people feel the way they do. Yeah, no, that is an awesome take. And I, and I also feel like, you know, you said read more books. Some people just need to start reading books. <laughs> right. they don't do yeah, it yeah, yeah. I am curious, though. Up. I am curious, though. Like, how, how do you feel about audiobooks? Do you feel like it has the same effect or do you feel like it's different? Um, I mean, d- this is so personal. Personally, uh, like an audiobook 
for me is for like a long road trip or something because I, I don't absorb the same thing. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm usually doing something while I'm listening to a podcast, which is fine. I think that's what most people do. Right. But, but being forced to like pick up a book and read it in your hands, you can't do anything else. You can't look around because you're not going to absorb anything. So it, I, I like being able to hold a physical material book and like force myself to read line by line. Yeah. I think uh, our boy Josh would, would like your words here. He's a teacher. So he's probably, like, oh, oh yeah, book reading. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he could be anti-book reading. He could be one of those teachers. I, I listen to <laughs> audiobooks more than I read, but I agree that like reading something is a different experience, even if it's the same content. All right, we got to make yeah. sure we do not share this with Josh's class. Um, <laughs> if it does get out, Josh was just kidding. He reads lots of books. Um, <laughs> yeah, so no, I mean, this definitely that's definitely um, good advice, and I definitely agree with you. I mean, I, I also do wonder, like, it does seem like reading books is like this lost art in a sense, and I, yeah. I, I wonder how much of that is a part of, like, just us not wanting to, or if it's more like, you know, we don't have the attention anymore for it like they used to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I feel like it's probably therapeutic to use that time for reading a book. Yeah. (laughs) It's more convenient to pull up a, like an article on your cell phone too. Yeah. Which isn't like, I'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying sometimes it's easier to just be like, I'm not pulling out a book. I'm already texting someone. Let me just pull up an article. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's good. That's a good show and tell right there. That's a good show and tell. That's a good one. Um, Josh, do you have one today? I, I watched this series on Hulu called Letterkenny. Have you guys ever watched that show? Letterkenny. I've, seen, I've seen clips of it. Yeah. It ridiculous. I feel like I feel like it is the kind of show that you either love or you're just like immediately done with it. But I, I love that stupid show. <laughs> it's like a Canadian humor, almost like a sitcom. It's fantastic. You should give it a try. You might hate it, though. <laughs> it's actually – that's hilarious that you said you might hate it. Uh, great recommendation. You might hate it. But uh, no, it's actually good when you have a TV show that lets you know out the gate whether you're going to hate it or love it. Like That way you don't dedicate too much time and you can go read one of Justin's books. You know what I mean? It's good. Yeah, there you go. It's good to not have that show that drags you in a couple episodes and you're like, oh, this sucks. I just wasted three episodes into this thing. Yeah, those are, uh, it's, it sounds like I need to check it out at least and give it a chance. But, Adam, does Josh recommend Is this a good recommendation? I know a lot of times you battle with Josh and his TV recommendations. Yeah, uh, no comment. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. I thought you guys would disagree on this. But, uh, Adam, do you have a show that you like to recommend or anything at all? Uh, not, not a show. Okay. Actually, I have two recommendations. Uh, and they uh, they actually are titled the exact same. Um, I think we're... We're in a really poignant time in our history as a country. Mm -hmm. And uh, Neil did a really fantastic job speaking on the subject. And I think anyone who didn't have a chance to listen to that, who was listening to this, I'd really encourage them to go back and listen to the episode prior to this, uh, which is entitled 8 Minutes and 46 Seconds. Um, I think Neil did a really great job of encapsulating a lot of things that I also feel. Um, So, Neil... Well done, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you're very yeah, welcome. That, that was that was fantastic. That I was seriously it, amazing. Yeah, yeah and the uh, the done. other one, also titled Eight Minutes and Forty Six Seconds, is uh, yeah, I guess you'd call it stand up because it's Dave Chappelle, but uh, it, it's a special that Dave Chappelle did for Netflix, and uh, to me, it's not it's not stand up, um, but it really goes to show uh, 
why Dave Chappelle's considered the best living stand-up because he's such a compelling orator, even when he's not trying to be funny. Uh, and I think that for me, uh, I've heard a lot of people speak uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, Dave's always someone who personally I, I've, I've listened to since I was like a teenager. I've always been a huge fan of stand-up comedy and I've really appreciated his voice. Uh, and I think during this time, uh, his voice was one that, that really resonated for me. Um, so I encourage a lot of people to go check it out as well, because maybe it resonates for you as well. That's dope. Yeah, it was good what Dave Chappelle did. So uh, definitely recommend it. Like you said, it wasn't really comedy, but um, it had its place and it made a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the important thing that we're noticing from all these recommendations here is whether it is a book to educate you on what's happening right now, whether it's some, you know, Dave Chappelle stand up, whether it's a TV show, whether it's whatever it is that you can do a podcast, an article, like definitely educate yourself on like what's happening right now because it's super important. Um, and obviously things need to change. And uh, you guys, obviously, I'm not going to go into my feelings on this. You guys just mentioned I did a podcast about it. So uh, I won't get into it. Um, but anyway, um, the only thing I really have today that I do want to show and tell on a lighter note is they started to sell Chick-fil-A sauce in the stores. Ooh. And uh, this is a bad follow-up <laughs> for what we just talked about. But like, that's what I had on the list for today. So, uh, yeah, they sell Chick-fil-A store, you know, Chick-fil-A sauce in the store. I feel like this is a major event for me. Uh, the sauce that once upon a time you had to drive to your neighborhood friendly Chick-fil-A, which the employees are amazing. And Josh has lots of points if anyone needs it to get free food uh, because Josh is a Chick-fil-A anato or whatever you would call that. <laughs> so if you need free points, Josh has the hookup. Um, but they have these sauce, man. I found Chick-fil-A sauce, the Polynesian sauce. They got it like a ketchup container. And you go and hook yourself up with that, man. I just want to throw that out there. I don't know if all your stores have it, but I went in two stores. They both had it. So I'm assuming this is a, you know, nationwide event, but I could be wrong. It may not be in <laughs> your city, but if it's not, PayPal me, I'll hook you up. No, I'm just, just kidding. Um, Thanks, I, Neil. I yeah. missed the headline. <laughs> yeah. I also think on, on the bottle, it's something about 100% of their profits for those are going to charities also, which seems pretty cool, however that works. Um, so yeah, get yourself some sauce, be unhealthy, and help charity. Um that's the end there. All right. That's it, guys. We all shared our thoughts here. We've all spoke about fantasy football. We talked about killing cows twice. We got a title for the episode just from Justin talking. Like We we really killed it on this episode. Um, but this is the part of the show where we let Justin plug his content, social media, whatever he wants to direct people towards, um, the reasons why he's on this show besides just being an awesome dude. So, uh, Justin, uh, let him know where to go, man. Oh, right on, man. Thanks. Uh Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, you find find me on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwards. Uh, the joke there being that I'm a very red person. Uh, <laughs> keep keep your eye on uh, four for four throughout summer and through the through the season. I'll be doing player profiles and uh, I'll be continuing to try to quantify exactly what offensive lines mean for fantasy football. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, of course. Uh, also, Josh can be found at. Uh, well, on Twitter at JC Crocker, and then also I had an article come out this week on Player Profiler. Oh, this Let's dude that out. finally put the work back in. That's finally, what I'm talking about. Finally, it's finally, been a long this dude took a damn drought. Oh, what's, what's what's this article on, Josh? It's on how um, all rookie wide receivers are terrible, <laughs> <laughs> and you should just draft their veteran counterparts. Seems nice. depressing. Seems very depressing. Um, Adam can be found at. 
the other FF guy. I thought you were going. Nope. All right, cool. Nope. I'll, I'll talk for myself. <laughs> nope. I'm we'll just lead it all the way to the at. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here, man. That's what we do here. At the other FF if guy. We're like, if we were like a hundred meter relay team, there would be problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just hit me with the baton in my back. <laughs> I would definitely fall out like five steps in, so it would be no good. You would never get the baton, so don't let me go first. Uh, yeah. So you can find me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. Of course, we appreciate everyone who's listening. If you made it this far into the show, I love you even more, man. It's awesome. Join our community. Send us questions. Remember, we discuss fancy football every day, but you could also ask anything else like cook questions and whatever else we're here for. it. So definitely, if you haven't already, slap the subscribe button, drop us a five-star review, all that good stuff. Thank you again to Justin for coming on. Hopefully, this isn't the first and last, Justin. Hopefully, oh, you come on again. It, it won't be. Oh, it won't be. Perfect. I'll be I'll be bugging you guys again. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we'll love to have you on again. And uh, other than that, guys, I appreciate you guys for uh, joining me today, taking this time. It was fun. And uh, other than that, be kind, be great, keep talking.